0: Next time, Lorna White is going to bring our special. sad Jesus, and I hope and pray that your life is about Him in His name. Right now, for you to to get the most from His Word, all you have to do is just lay aside your agenda, your ideas. Just make it all about Him. If you make your life all about Jesus, everything else would fall into place. Your your, your, your marriage, your job, your relationships, your friends. But so many times we have that backwards. And we put our plans, our agenda, our ideas ahead of Him. Three things we hit on the Apostle Peter in this story. Last week we just hit on it. I Man, mean, I mean, there's just, there were some things that were leaping out Of course, it was a different sermon. Well, here's the different sermon. And uh, so I couldn't go there last week. I just used him for an example. So we're going to look back at this famous passage. You know, Besides David and Goliath walking on the water is one of the more famous passages. Maybe there's somebody here this morning. You've never heard this story. You've never heard about Peter and Jesus walking on the water. I don't want to make the assumption that everyone's heard it, so maybe there's not. But even if you've heard this passage a gazillion times, I guarantee you, we can always get something out of it. You can always see some things here, and I hope and pray that you let these uh truths, principles, ideas just dig into you this morning. So let's stand for the reading of God's holy word. Just two verses, just two verses. Kind of right in the middle of the story, right in the middle of the story, and that is verse 28. Verse 28 simply says this, and Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it's you, bid me come unto thee on the water. And he said, Jesus, come. And when Peter was come out of the ship, he walked On the water to go to Jesus. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for this opportunity to look at your holy word. May we see. And may we apply to our hearts. May we let let your word speak to us. And may your Holy Spirit guide us. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You may be seated. What an amazing, I just thought, you know, I'm just thinking about, unless there's an account we do not have in here, there's something else that God did, obviously no one knows about it for sure, but this is it. There's only two people that's ever walked on water, and so this in, in this manner, obviously, and so this is an amazing thing. A lot of people just kind of discount it. You know, saying, oh, well, it's just another story. It's just something else. It kind of reminds me of, you know, we overlook the awesomeness of what God has done. We overlook the awesomeness of of what God did, the opportunity, and what lessons, what can we learn from this story? There was a city flicker. He wanted to come to Arkansas and impress all the duck hunters in Arkansas. He probably came from Texas, in Austin, Texas. And, uh, you know, I can pick on uh, Scott because he, he's not from Austin, Texas. He's going over there to straighten them out. <laughs> and uh, from East Texas, you know, that's the kind of attitude I grew up with. That Hey, we're from East Texas. We can do this. So anyway, uh, so this city slicker, maybe from Austin, he said he spent a million dollars On a Labrador Retriever This dog was trained to do everything This was You know if you remember the the old series The six million dollar man Lee Majors Well this was the six million dollar dog Or whatever And so they went duck hunting And uh, man uh, all the Arkansas boys That stood up and just started Blasting ducks out of the sky Raining down ducks City Slicker got him one too And he said, all right, time for my dog to get after it. He told the dog, go get the ducks. The the dog took off, walked on the water, got all the ducks and brought them back. Arkansas duck hunters just looked at him and said, what's up with that dog? He doesn't even know how to swim. You just can't impress some people. And guess what? People look at this story, people look at this story and they'll say, Just another Bible story. Just another Bible story. Not impressed. I'm not impressed by what Jesus did. They just they just in other words, they you can't they will be blinded. Satan blinds people. Do y'all know he blinds people? You can look at the Bible, you can read it, you can speak it, you can shout it, and you can talk about it, but just to see what Jesus did. And what he wants you to do and sometimes we, we look and we, and we think about what Jesus needs you to do and what Jesus needs you to do. I don't want you to look at what G- Jesus, Jesus wants other people to do. I want you to look and see what does he want you to do. Okay? Apply it personally. Take this. And say, what does the Lord want me to do? What does the Lord want me to see instead of just dismissing this? And just saying, I don't want to... And you need a preacher, you just preach that to somebody else. Because I I don't got life figured out. I'm the Christian. I'm up here. Everybody else is down here. Uh, The Lord and me, we're buddy-buddy. So I'm just as close. and, And they all need Jesus. So a lot of times we dismiss Jesus, we dismiss His stories, and so we overlook some things. And so, just real simple, right off the bat, we see what He wants us to do. Verse 22 is where the story starts. Some people have like an outline Bible, and this will be this will break it off right here, and this will be where the story starts. This right here, verse 22, is where the story starts. Let me ask you this. I was having our discipleship meeting. We started out, and I asked the fellows, and I just want you to refresh in your mind for just a few seconds. When did your story start? When did your story start? When did you first come to know Jesus? And have you lost that joy? Have you lost that relationship? Have you lost that fire and that zeal? Has that just seemed like such a distant memory you can't even remember? Did you know the book of Second Peter chapter 1 says you can get so caught up in life and your own stuff, you can forget you were ever saved? You can just get so caught up in, in life and stuff and backslidden or whatever you want to say and describe it, you can forget when your story began. You can forget what happened when Jesus came into your life. I mean, that's horrible to think, I forgot. And Jesus, I've discounted Him. I've just, I'm not impressed anymore. And I don't care what the dog does. I don't care what that lab can do. I'm not impressed. I refuse to be impressed. And a lot of people look at Jesus that way. I refuse to be impressed. I refuse to even think that that's spectacular. I refuse to even learn anything because I don't want to change anything in my life. Because you start applying this Bible This Bible will change you This Bible is God's Word This Bible is breathed out by God But a lot of us will read it but won't apply it And three things that every Christian needs First thing is what? A living faith And this living faith He says, trust me they, you know, and, and I know the stories and I've read the, the history and geography, been over there to see the Sea of Galilee. And, and I think the promised land for that. And that's a, there was a cool thing. And I know that storms can suddenly appear on the Sea of Galilee, but I think that they probably thought that, hey, I just don't know <laughs> if we should be crossing at this particular time because especially late in the evenings, These storms, these winds can come howling through. But you know what they did? The disciples, notice here, straightway, Jesus constrained. That means kind of, hey, y'all, go on over there. Go on over there. Go to the other side. And he sent the multitude away. And the Bible says that Jesus went apart to pray. And here's what we have to think about this this very first part, this part is a living faith this very first thing is having a, a living faith a living faith is this do i trust jesus enough just to do what he says do i have that kind of faith a living faith a, a, a faith enough to say well you know i don't know if this sounds like a great idea or not but i'm, I'm going to trust the bible I'm just going to look at this. I'm going to trust this Word. And so a lot of times we miss this. So many times, us in our lives, we miss these uh, opportunities. We miss these Scriptures. Uh, head to the book of Galatians and just take a look at this Scripture. Galatians chapter 2. and i just want to check out some of these scriptures and apply them to our life this these powerful verses i want to live i want a living faith god's word says here apostle paul just hit hit on these real quick galatians 2:20 says this i am crucified with christ nevertheless i live yet not i but christ liveth in me and the life which I now live... Whoa, 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 wait a second. The life which I now live. Why? His life had changed. So it's not about... In so in my life, a living faith is saying, I'm here. I'm stuck on this side. Have you ever felt stuck? I'm on this side of the lake. I'm over here. Jesus saying, go over there. I want you to do something. Well, I just don't know if that's a good idea because of the timing and all. But... Here, Paul gave up his life. He says, the life which I now live. And what is the summary of that verse? I live for Him. I don't live for you. I live for Him. Every decision I make is about Jesus. Everything about my marriage is about... Could you really say that? Would that be scriptural to say everything about my marriage is about Jesus? Every, every, where I'm going to school is because where the Lord led me. Where I'm going to move is where the Lord led me. What I'm doing with my life right now is because I live. Could you say right now, really and mean it, I live for Him. My life is about the Lord. I speak about Him. I live for Him. The summary of, of Philippians Is this, whenever He spoke, Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. So, folks, everything we do, everything about us, it should be a living faith, is the Word of God, is Jesus real enough to make you live differently? To make you live differently. So, the very first thing we need, and I, and I know there's some things that we're we're not going to hit, but I want us to hit these. A living faith. The second thing is, go back to our text, is a courageous walk. This is, of course, the highlight of the story. Not that they were headed over there. That's, that part was pretty, it looked pretty insignificant, but then you get to this part, which is what we read, verse 28, and of course, if you read the whole story, which is verses 22 to about 33, I'm back in Matthew 14, but it says here in this story, and Peter said, Lord, if it's you, bid me, ask me, hey, can I come out there and walk on the water with you? And he was this courageous walk. I've shared this story in the saying that somebody has a book titled this, If you want to walk on water, you've got to get out of the boat. A courageous walk means this. What does it mean? There's a lot the Bible doesn't say here. But you know it happened. Now, I don't know what the other disciples said or if they said anything. But if I'm in the middle of a, of a lake, really the Sea of Galilee is a lake. It's a freshwater lake. And it's as big as Lake Toledo Bend. If any of you have ever seen Lake Toledo Bend over in half Louisiana and half Texas, it's a huge lake. And, and that, those waves can get out there as big as this church building. In, in a lake. In Louisiana, Texas, the waves, it's so open water, they can get this big in a storm. And so they're, they're up there and there's storms happening. The storm's coming and they see flashes of lightning because they had no flashlights back then. And they see this figure. They think it's a ghost. He's walking on the water, coming toward them. And Peter's, and he said, don't be afraid, because he saw that they were, ah, ah, oh, what? There's a ghost. They said it. The Bible says it's a ghost. They're all excited. They don't know what it is. So to calm them down, hey, Jesus wants us calm. I like that fact. Jesus wants us calm. So He he says, hey, be of good cheer. Be not afraid. It is I. Huh. Peter, well, I'll tell you what. If it is you, can I come on out there with you? <laughs> kind of got shocked whenever Jesus said, come on. If my buddy is getting out of the boat... He's getting in the, okay, he's getting in the water. I don't know how graceful that looked. He's getting in the water. And they're saying, Are you crazy? Or what are you thinking? You're gonna drown. Get back in there. They may have started grabbing for him. I don't know, but I guarantee if it's my friend, I'm wanting him to second think this through or something. Which tells me this. Sometimes the Lord will lead you to do something. And people will try to persuade you not to do it. It's happened numerous times in the Bible. Don't do. I mean, all you gotta do is read the story of uh, Nehemiah a great one. If ever somebody was led of the Lord to do something who received a gazillion criticisms, it was Nehemiah. Man, he had so many critics and, and people trashing him. They tried to trash his name. They tried to run him down. They post put, put posters up. They tried to trick him into going in the temple. They tried to trick him into doing this. Anything to get something on him. But everything Nehemiah did was because the Lord was leading him. And guess what? Peter has got a direct invitation from Jesus. You don't get that too often. Come on. And he stepped out of the boat. I call it a courageous walk, a courageous walk. So what is what are the first two things? What's the first two things? Quick review. You need a living faith. That means something you're actually willing to do something. I'm willing. And then you need a courageous walk. you okay, I'm willing, then you got to act. You got to actually get out of the boat. You got to actually do something. You, and 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 what if somebody starts messing with you? Starts saying, No no no, hey, that's crazy. That's ludicrous. Are you kidding me? We've never done it that way before. You know, you know you can just name all kinds of stuff and say, Well, guess what? Peter's not listening to anybody but who? Jesus. Well, he's doing great. He's walking on the water. He's he's and often wondered, you know, how that worked, you know, if the winds and was well, was he moving? I don't know. Is he going up and down or did he, did he did God make a sidewalk in the middle of a storm? Have you ever thought about that? Did he just make a sidewalk? Stuff going on kinda of like the children of Israel. Not only did his clothes didn't wear out, but they crossed over it says not on muddy ground, did they cross over on dry ground? My Bible says dry ground. I mean concrete, sidewalk, dry ground. That's what my Bible says and yours too. And so he had enough courage to get out of the boat. You cannot worry about what other people say. And looking at this, this last point. And here's, here's what I want to hit on just a couple of things. Um, uh, folks. Yeah. The rest of the story, if you keep reading it there, in uh, Matthew 14, 22-33, or whatever the exact outline is, he gets out of the boat, he starts walking on the water, and he what does the Bible say? He sees the winds acting up. He sees all of that happening. And he begins to sink. And he cries out right here in verse 30, Y'all see it in your Bible? Wherever. He cries out, hey, don't criticize Peter too bad. You say, well, man, look at there. I told you it was a bad idea. Right there. Right there. Listen to me very closely. There's been so many Christians shipwrecked because... I see another Christian make a mistake. Guess what? I'm going to kick them while they're down. And when they get down, I'm going to criticize them. I'm going to jump on them. But you know what I see? Peter made umpteen mistakes in his life. He made a gazillion mistakes. But the last point, if you look at my con- conclusion in that outline right there, there's so many times we get discouraged and people fall by the wayside and they give up. But if there's anything that you can leave here, leave with the last point in this outline. Don't give up. Don't ever give up. Even if you sink in your life, don't call on the right person. What? Who Peter called on? He called on the Lord. Lord, save me. It, I mean, we can criticize him. Yeah, he had lack of faith. Yeah, he took his eyes off. Jesus looked at the waves in the water. Yeah, he made a mistake. And later on, if you look those other Scriptures up, he said, to whom shall we go? He said, you've got the words for eternal life. There's nobody else but you, Lord. You're the only one. The famous stories that Peter faced where he made great remarks and then he made some horrible ones. But you know what I see? And of course, what is his most famous mistake? When he denied Jesus publicly. What does the Bible say he did after that? He went out and wept bitterly. Let's get this last one. Let's, let's really, let's hone in on 2 Corinthians 4. Because this is, of all things, this humble and broken spirit, this last thing. Because so many Christians, that's a real Christian to me. I don't want to, I don't want to deal with a, 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 a stuck up Christian. <laughs> it just drives me nuts. Somebody who thinks they're better than somebody else. I don't, I don't, I don't have time for that. Jesus didn't have time for that. He shook the dust off his feet and said, Pharisees, get on out of him. He did. He didn't have any time for that. He said, "I came to seek and to save that which is lost, and those who need healing, those who need a physician." You say you don't need anybody. Okay, I'll go to the people who want me. And so he's dealing with those people. He's dealing with and all. And Paul said that, and he and he saw the different ones. But here in Second uh, uh, Corinthians, chapter four, if there's, I mean, this is really cool. Just awesome. Look at, uh, uh, now, and I want to throw up now, what I did was, because I love this passage, I love this first verse. This first slide right here in your Bible, if you've got a King James Bible, some of you use something different. And that's fine. Look at this. It says, therefore, seeing we have this ministry, we have this work to do. We've. Re- hey, did you know, have you received mercy? Are you saved? We faint not. Now, the next slide, go to it, Kenneth. And, and uh, what I did in the New King James Version, I love the way it phrases it, is it means we faint not. You know what it means? We don't lose heart. Which means what? I don't give up. So anytime you see in the Bible, especially that famous one over in Galatians chapter 6, and uh, it, it is saying, you know, you're talking about our works and different things, don't give up. Don't give up. Don't and it says we faint not. When the Bible says in the King James we faint not, it means don't lose heart. So that's what the very first verse right here says. Let's go to the end of the chapter real quick, fast forward. Look at the end of the chapter. 2 Corinthians chapter 4. So this last part, verse 16 says this. 2 Corinthians 4:16. It says this, for which cause we faint not. We don't lose heart. Same thing, okay? Though our outward man perish, yet our inward man is renewed by day, day by day. Look at verse 17. For our light affliction, which means this, our light affliction, any problem you're having right now is temporary. Hang in there. Is but for a moment works for us of what? A more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. And it says this in the very last verse, While we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen, for the things that are seen are temporary, but the things that are not seen are what? Eternal. Which tells me, And you, I don't need to give up. I don't need to let the world, even friends that may not, they may not be as led like you're being led. What if God's leading you to get out of the boat? And did you know those other disciples in the boat besides Judas, of course, uh, the other disciples in the boat were saved? Matter of fact, they gave their life later for Jesus. But they were saying, what are you thinking? So you can have saved friends say, what are you thinking? You can. Saved friends can tell you, what are you thinking? But you're saying, the Lord's, the Lord invited me. The Lord led me. He said, come. He did, didn't he? So I'm going to get out of the boat. And I may be tempted to give up. Remember those verses? We've got a ministry. It means a work. We don't what? We don't lose heart or we don't faint. That means don't give up. Don't give up. As we prepare for him hymn of invitation. Let's bow our heads. Father, I just ask that You would... There's a lot that we could, that we do need as Christians, but we definitely need these things. If, if we're saved this morning, if we have Jesus in our heart, we need a living faith, a courageous walk, and a broken and humble spirit. We do need these things. But, dear Lord, we pray also that if there's somebody else here and they've never been saved, that they would, Say, I don't have a story yet. I don't have a beginning. I don't have a story with Jesus because I've never asked Him into my life and into my heart. I pray that their story would begin this morning. If they don't know You as Savior, their story would begin right now. In Jesus' name,
1: Amen.